0: processes and find the right professionals to work with. In fact, everything that will enable you to become a successful property solopreneur. Hello, welcome to this week's episode and we're talking about scaling with ease, keeping it simple. And the reason why we're doing that is I'm recording this at the beginning of the year and I should think a large proportion of property solopreneurs have got their new business plan sitting on their desk and it's all about growing and getting more money, improving the quality of their real estate and getting a bigger portfolio or doing more exciting projects. Well, unfortunately, that's where many of the growth will stop because in the back of many people's minds is that instinctive knowledge that if we grow our businesses, it's going to get more difficult. There'll be lots of things that we can't actually do and we've got to learn and we haven't really got time to learn these things. And if we do grow, then we might have to bolt on another person. And frankly, it's all going to be too troublesome for words. So why don't we stay small? Well, scaling is all about getting bigger. We can't get around that. No, we can't. But scaling is much more than just making more money. Scaling's about having a bigger portfolio or doing bigger projects. It's about being more effective and efficient and doing less. I know. And scaling may well be about doing fewer projects, but making them more profitable because you don't want to work yourself into the ground and find that six months in, you haven't got time to scale and grow because you're so busy. Scaling is not about making you leave your happy place of being a property solopreneur because I think you can scale and make huge sums of money while still being basically a one man band because you've got all those outsourced people and you've got total control. And I think there are three things that will make a huge difference to you as a solopreneur. And the first, is whatever you're doing now, no matter what you've written down in your business plan or anything else, stand back from what you're doing now and map out where you want your business to be when you're in your stride or at the end. Now, this is not about how much money do you want to earn and all that kind of stuff. This is task one. Don't groan about it. It's what do you want to see big time? So, large piece of paper. I always work on a piece of flip paper because I can't fall off the edge. Large cup of coffee, lots of crayons, different colours and get going. Because what you're doing is you are mapping out what the company structure is going to be. Because if you know that you are going to be buying, say, a holiday let portfolio, but you're currently in single lets, then that's going to have to be a second company, isn't it? And it is very, very easy to fall into the trap of thinking, I'm a solopreneur. I only have one business and I only have one bank account. No, You may have one business, but it's an overarching umbrella on business. Underneath it will have separate companies doing different things, which have different tax liabilities, different legal liabilities. You'll be really well set up and you can just grow wherever you want without any problems. Now, I think many of us don't go down that avenue because when you're new and green and you're going to networking and soaking up everything you possibly can, you hear conversations that you don't really realise are resonating with you and sticking in your brain, but they come out at moments like this. And quite often, it's a conversation that goes along like follows. Have you heard about X? And somebody else will say, yes, I hear they're in trouble. They've just started a whole lot of new businesses. They've all got similar names, but they've all been incorporated on the same day. I think they're trying to close down what they're doing at the moment because they've had a spot of bother with X or Y, or perhaps it's not going well. Well, I, to me, that just says that's probably someone who's just come across their horizon. They've been working at this a while. They're not an overnight success. And they've just realised that in order to scale and to grow to the size they want to be, they've got to be professional. They can be a solopreneur, but they've got to be professional. They've got to make sure that those companies have the correct SIC codes, the different tax codes, all those sorts of things that a business person needs to make sure is happening. But if you're new and you don't know this and all you know is the property side of it, then you may not realise that. And that's where you fall into the trap of thinking small. If you go and talk to anyone who's got big portfolios, you'll often find they're all kept in different ways, depending entirely on what they're doing. And they will have a renovations company. They will have um, JV companies with different people. They will have an asset holding company and a trading company. All these things. Now, they do different things and they know what they're going to do, but they have grown them to where they need to be. And that's what you need in order to start your growth. So ignore those people who are thinking that that, by having lots of smaller companies under an umbrella, is something dodgy or something that you're doing or they do because there's fundamentally an error in the way they do their work and we shouldn't follow them. I would say that's someone, as I say, who's getting professionalised and really hoping to hit the big time. And don't think about what you're doing at the moment. Where do you want to be? So if you are, for instance, as I say, doing single lets at the moment, you need to put down your holiday lets in a different company. You need your service accommodation in another so that when you come to move in, it's all simple. It's all there. You need at the end of your coffee to be able to look at your piece of paper and go, my company is going to look like that in five or 10 years time because it won't all happen at once. As you get going, you will open up the next company. But you've already got the name for it because you've planned it out, haven't you? And you've got the domain names. It's smooth. It's easy it's just that's what you wanted to do so you'll find life a lot easier if you do that secondly you need to make sure your paperwork is under control and before you will shout at me i'm afraid it's a property business Now, property, if you think about an iceberg, is just the bit you can see above the water. Underneath, oh, my word, property businesses attract a lot of paperwork, don't they? If it's not legal, it's financial. If it's not that, it's to do with a tenant. And we have to keep so much for, you know, endless amounts of time because it's a business and yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Now, you may be under the misapprehension that paperwork, whether it's in printed form or by email, is inanimate. No, it's not. If you leave paperwork on its own, it breeds. And it becomes huge and it can take an awful long time to untangle it. Because, for instance, if you don't respond or deal with an email, you often find that one email has now become five because four others have come in from different people inquiring as to whether or not you've seen email one or dealt with it or to what have you done. So you have got to, if you want to scale, create a set of paperwork or a system that works for you. And why I say that is because it's so easy to think that, yes, we all know we're individuals and we're all property solopreneurs, but somehow one size will fit all with the regards to paperwork and you go and buy an off-the-peg suggestion from a guru somewhere who goes that worked for me that'll work for you no won't because if they are someone who's got a huge backroom boys you know 10 people working for them the system they're going to give to you will not work if you're a solopreneur so you've got to go through what you've been given which would be great that is a really brilliant starting point and just highlight what you can do with it. And if you are like me, I can't deal with hundreds and hundreds of different spreadsheets. I just want nice flowing work per property to know where I'm going next. And so I can open it up and see really simply what I'm doing. Because if I've got to bounce from one spreadsheet to another, it's not going to happen. But that's what you've got to do. You've got to make sure that you have got the system that works for you. And the reason why is that it will buy you time. And time is something you can't go and buy off the shelf. But if you've got simple paperwork that you can do very easily, you'll free up so much time it's unreal. And you've also got to make sure it's accessible on a cloud. Now, for those who are used to clouds, and I know it's the majority now, that seems like an absolute no-brainer. But for some people who still work on paper, and I did come across someone the other day who said, GDPR doesn't work for me because I work out of a cardboard box, not on a computer. There are some people who still need to come into the computerized world. And the reason why I say you need to have it accessible via a cloud is it means that in the future, when you are starting to work very fast, may only be two months away, you will need somebody else in another location to be able to enter into your files and do whatever it is you want them to do. Now, you might be sitting at home. You could perhaps say, well, I'll just email it over. Oh, my word, that we won't even go there. But you might be sitting in your hotel in Bali on the beach, mightn't you? But you still need to be able to deal with whoever it is in Aberdeen who's doing a paperwork. That's what the cloud is for. And also, you do not want to find that you're catching up, that you know you want to scale, you are scaling, it's all going tickety-boo, and you suddenly realise that you need this extra person next month. But you can't have them next month because you've got nothing in the cloud. So you're going to have to start scanning, honestly. All these things are so easy to solve. Just get somebody else in to do a one-off scanning job or do it for an hour a night until you've got it done. It doesn't matter, but if you want to scale, that is something you're going to have to control, your paperwork. And then, to be quite honest, you know your balls are all in the air and you'll feel really relaxed. It's not a problem. And the third part, the third action point I'm going to give you is control your expenses. And I'm not here talking about the expenses, you know, keeping your costs low and the budgets and all that kind of stuff. No, it's about controlling the actual purchases as they happen and how they get recorded, how they get paid for and how they affect you. Even if you're the meanest person since Scrooge, you will have expenses because, oh, and by the way, I'm not talking about the ones on direct debit and the yearly subscriptions. You know, they're visible, aren't they? And they should be checked. I'm sure they are checked every six months just to make sure that they're still relevant. And if they're not, you've bin them and you've got them off your list. Now, I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about those tangible things that you buy to make work happen. The train tickets, the books, the hire plants, the items, the materials you may need to do a refurb, all the little trips to the dress to the shops for dressing items all the DIY, the endless tubes of silicon and all that sort of nif-naf and stuff that you buy almost without noticing, even down to the coffees that you are getting and the sandwiches on subsistence. And why I say this is the bit that's important is that if you, don't forget, you may be able to control them at the moment, but you're very small and you want to grow. The moment you start to scale, then you're going to have multiples happening absolutely everywhere. And you may well find that you've gone somewhere to do business trip or you are going shopping on behalf of your companies and you are buying on behalf of multiples. You do not want to stand somewhere and go, now, am I, is this company A I'm working with or company B or company C? Oh, and where's the card for that? And those three items go on this one. No, that's not what you want to do. You've scaled well past that. You've got one card and it pays for everything. And at that point, when it's been paid for, that's where the time factor comes in and somebody else is going to sort it out for you. The choice you've got is: Are you going to have an ordinary bank account with a card, debit card, with a set amount put against it that you know you can see very easily, or are you going to go down the more exciting route, which is having a card that, say, the Amex BA card, for instance, off the top of my head, there are others available, which can get you points and. Trust me, if you look on social media at the moment, you will see lots of people jetting off all around the world on their points. They're sitting in first class lounges going, I didn't pay for this. My company didn't pay for it. It was my lovely card. All those trips to B&Q that paid for it. And that's what you need to do. The trouble is, at some point, you have to have time to either, at the point of sale, working out how you're paying for it and faffing around or you do it afterwards. And what I do is that I upload my receipts to my accountant and on my voicemail, because I'm dyslexic and I'm really bad at putting lots of things down on a piece of paper on an email, I would just run through that email and say, those three items were for that company, those three items were for that one. And she would just invoice them. And that means that on their bank accounts, they've only got perhaps one or two, three at the most lines per month where stuff is going out. And it means that she can check what's happening with the expenses. I can see it much easier as well. And if somebody has taken my card to buy something, I can see very quickly if, well, same day, because I tend to look, if they bought something else at the same time that I don't know about. And it's very helpful. You may think that everyone is honest, but sadly, not everyone always is. But no, that's another podcast. Now, scaling and working on your businesses is how I work with property investors. I think you will never grow and scale and make the money you can if you don't work on your business. And that means several times a year, you just have to block off the world and go, no, I've got to work out what I've done, where I'm going, how I'm doing it. And that's what many people do with me. They come for what I call a strategy day, but actually it's just, okay, it's an all about me and my business day. And you leave knowing very clear about what you want and need to do. We've questioned each other we're, we've thought through every scenario from every angle we can think of. And your role is to feel happy at the end that every decision you've made is the right one and things do change. But at the point at which we're at, the decision is right. Your long-term and short goals have been clarified, and you now know that you have a company and a structure and a goal to make sure that those long and short-term targets are met. Weaknesses and strengths have been identified because we all know our weaknesses. Well, if you're in the property world, don't bother to try and get them strong. Just outsource them and work on your strengths. And it's much more difficult to identify strengths because we're all a bit shy about that, aren't we? So, you know, that's why you work with somebody else who can really point out how brilliant, frankly, you are at X and Y and why aren't you doing more of it. So if that interests you, follow the show notes and make contact with me via those links and let's get you scaling easily and profitably. But those three things I've been talking about earlier, they'll allow you to scale with ease and they're very easy and simple to implement. So first of all, know what your end goal is, what your big picture is for your company, how you want it to look. Secondly, keep your paperwork under control by having your simple effective systems that work for you. And thirdly, make sure the expenses in your businesses are easily and user friendly and you can check them really simply and easily so that you don't lose any penny in your profit. You keep everything you earn in the right place. They're not earth shattering. I don't think anybody probably listening to this is thinking, well, you've not told me anything new. I probably haven't. But what I have brought is it to the surface to make you realise just how important it is. Because if you've thought about it nine times out of 10, you think, well, it can't be that important because why can I not see everybody else doing it? You can't see them do it, but they have. You don't need clever or complicated or off the peg apps or software. No, everything that i've talked about today is probably already in your remit or in your company those are the three things you need to plan an action and this is the great thing though if you're a property solopreneur you're going to find this very easy peasy to implement Thank you for listening to the Property Solopreneur podcast with Rachel Troughton. If you want to create a professional and profitable property business, download my property business checklist now at racheltroughton.com slash checklist.